You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Bites, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast.com and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. It's a- Hello and welcome to the Slow Ride Podcast, a bike show about life, advice, and rumors straight from the source. I'm Tim Hayes in Gainesville, Florida. I'm Little Guy. I'm in Minneapolis. And I'm Spencer. I'm in Boston. How are you doing tonight, Tim? I'm doing great because we just you, got You got off. a little glow about you. You got oh. a, little, a little sizzle. We just. I, well, I think he looks more kind of like. Um, I got nothing. I just wanted to cut him off. We just uh. got off the. Uh, <laughs> we just got off the phone, the Skype yes. with yeah. Eric Saunders, one of our collective favorite Ooh, bike wait, racers. Ooh. Eric Ooh. Saunders, E Rock. E Rock. E Rock. And as you can tell from the T-shirt I'm wearing, I was very uh, ready for this ep- episode because longtime domestic pro. Um, and he talks to us about his uh, life and cycling and uh, just a bunch of great yeah. stuff. Most you're of our the... listeners may not know who he is, but you're going to learn a lot of things. So you'll you'll enjoy this one. Yeah, yes. the people listening, you can't tell right now, but Tim is that guy that goes to the band, to like his favorite band, and he wears the t-shirt and the hat. Rush. He's wearing the Rush <laughs> yeah. shirt at the He's Rush He's wearing concert. the Rush shirt. He's got a Rush <laughs> hat on. He's got like a Rush fanny pack on right now. <laughs> he's 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 that guy right now. He's got a Canadian flag, skin tight pants on, <laughs> a little hanky in his pocket. Canadian. It's flag. very terrible. Yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, uh, have that Iraq interview coming what up. Else anything else you guys want to talk about? So, so we're going to get to that interview. I don't think there's really anything else to uh, talk yes, about. Right. Nothing Wasn't whatsoever. There a major so race that, let's just there, go to there was uh, something. Wasn't there no, something? there was uh, Trey Bro Leon. Yeah, Trey Bro Leon, one of the coolest bike races in the world, that was this past weekend. That was awesome. French yeah. guy won it. Yeah, yep. no, from FDJ again. Well, but did you see third place was our was our mystery Frenchman that was seventeenth uh, at Paris Roubaix. I did see that from, from Confidence of uh, all teams. There's, there's no end in there. I'm told on Twitter, little guy. Confidence. Yeah, Confidence. <laughs> is that just a really so, nasal F? Is that what that is? Oh, I don't know. Pronouncing it correctly. Huh? I well, I learned all my pronunciations from Tim. So. Well, oh. there's nothing else to go, so uh, that's pretty much it for the uh, oh, week. So throw it over like, to the. Let's just, like throw maybe, it, just 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 throw it in. You guys, didn't Amstel Gold? Didn't that happen? Tim just Tim just hit play on that recording of the Iraq. What, 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 well, what happened leave, to Amstel Gold? You just leave that oh, race, wait, wait. and uh, we're gonna talk soon. Guys, I know what happened to Amstel Gold. Oh, guys, nothing. I'm not recording anymore because every, every 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 break got shut down. I'm not. How did our favorite American do? Dan Martin? Was he even in the race? Is Garmin is Garmin even racing anymore? Because like I, I haven't seen so. them in a race this whole season. I've been looking for the blue and I can't find them anywhere. So I don't think they're <laughs> I there. Don't, no, they changed their colors, but I still don't think they're there. I don't okay, think I they're racing. I know they changed the colors. I swear I to God, I do. <laughs> so uh, what happened to Amstel Gold, Spencer? I. Uh, a bunch of racing happened, a bunch of attacks, uh, some laps around uh, the Murder Hay, and uh, they they attacked up it, and then the guys went, and the red and black guys went, and then the guy in the um, white was trying to chase them. But then at the end, 
uh, the the guy in the blue getting there, and then the guy in the white swept around and and he won and he put his arms up and there were rainbow stripes in his shirt, and he was actually uh, turned out to be uh, Kiwakowski, the world champion, whom I predicted to win that race on our last podcast. So I have a new strategy. Um, I'm just going to always now just have you pick first and then just pick. (laughs) So there you go. Well, well I mean, if you keep picking Cunego to win this race, I yeah, he really didn't matter. he didn't do that well. Neither did Sammy though. <laughs> did did Cunego even finish? Yeah, he was like top twenty or something. Did he ever win the Amstel Gold? He has to, right? I think he has. Yeah. Okay. Well, we yeah. don't need to know facts. All right. All right. Well, well, let's let's get right into Spencer, it. And, uh, it. Well, let's let's throw out some. Let's throw out a Flesh Malone and let's throw out a Liege pick. I think. Well, we have we have some. Uh, we have to do a sixteenth place contest, shouldn't we? You guys feel like we should do one of these again? I think for yeah. Liege we should. We said we would. Yeah, we did. Sixteenth place. We let's do should. it. Well, it's, let's first Tim's before we do our sixteenth place. Let's. Who do you guys think for uh, Flesh Malone? We got Flesh Malone coming up on Wednesday. It's got one hill. I don't even know what happens until they go up that hill the last time. Who do you think is going to win, Super Rookie? Uh, I'm going to have Spencer pick first. Oh, yeah, yeah. Spencer, who do you think is going to win Flesh Malone? Uh, well, here's, here's what's going to happen. We're actually not going to pick Flesh Malone. We're going we're gonna to pick the women's Flesh Malone. Oh. I'm going to put you guys out on on the limb here because I know you guys I'm haven't done any research whatsoever. Rude! Because uh, I will just because... have to admit right now that I don't know anything yeah. about women's we, racing. We actually have a sponsor for our 16th place uh, contest this week. Um, oh, right. Sponsored by Barfly and Flat Black Coffee uh, which is located here in Boston. Um, Wait, they're Barfly? Gonna, they're going to Bar- send somebody... Yeah, yeah. Barfly, like they have... make those things. Yeah, for my Garmin. Yeah, but they're going to send uh they're going to send uh, our our 16th place winners this week uh the little saddlebag, little swift saddlebag things they have called barfly hop- <clears throat> barfly hoppers. Uh and also a pound of coffee. So that's nice. exciting. So we're going to do two contests. We're going to do the 16th place women's fletch and we're going to do the Liège best on Liège. So go ahead and uh maybe uh do some research here and oh, uh man. we'll come back and we'll come back with our picks. Oh, I'm in so much trouble. I'm ready. Are you? Yeah. yeah. Okay. What do you got? I'm gonna go with the Italian uh, Bronzini oh, of, uh, of Wiggle Honda. <laughs> you should let me pick first. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna pick? change things up. Yeah. Well, let's let's get your pick now, Spencer. Oh, she, yeah, she well, I a don't have pick. one. Hang on. You go. You're gonna. Oh, okay. Uh, I although I think she'll do a lot better than 16th. I'm just gonna pick. Uh, Emma Johansson um, oh, from of Orca. Of course. You uh, um, <laughs> all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go also. Um, I'm gonna go with a Wiggle Honda rider. I'm gonna go with uh, Elisa Longo Borhin. Oh, that's a good pick. That's a good pick. I think I probably maybe pronounced that right. I'm 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 thinking gonna 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 set up a teammate for the win and then hopefully coast in 16th. Arms race. All right. Well, that's that. Um, And then we'll move on to the Liège. Uh, What do you guys got for that? That's coming up this weekend. 16th. I'm going to think my boy Tim Wellens. 
is going to come in 16th. He, he made some nice moves in the M's. I'm going with the Frenchman. He's getting better, but I don't think he's I don't think he's in for the win yet. I think I think our favorite American's going to win. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say Tim Wells. Timmy, I'm, I'm going yeah. with the Frenchman from movie star Jean Gadre because he's going to be up you there. You can't pick Gadre. Neither of you is allowed to pick Gadre. I no. talked I talked about him to you morons for like five years, and all I heard was you guys going, oh, "Why are you always picking Gadre? Why well, you always think Gadre is good?" I I'm not I'm not allowing this. It's not allowed. Nope. You're not allowed to pick. Gadre. I'm just he's already mine. 120 minutes. <laughs> Gadre's mine. I'm doing, I'm doing John Gadre, and the reason I'm doing Sean Gadre is he's going to be leading Valverde up the also, uh, he's final not climb. Sixteenth, he's going to DNF. Sean <laughs> Gadre right. of sixteenth. Who you got, Spencer? Fine. I am. I am picking uh, much too little guy's chagrin because apparently he thinks he's going to win this race. I am picking our favorite American, Dan Martin, to finish in sixteenth place, which should you be, know, by my calculations, Garmin's best result of the year. I do want to say, I do want to say that uh, it looks like Carlos Betancourt, the gummy bear, was the on the start bear. list, and now he's scratched from the start list uh, I'm looking at. Scratched the gummy, gummy bear. The gummy bear. Well, has, did you, all right, did you guys see he had a good race at Amstel? He's like top thirty or something. That's pretty gummy, good for the gummy bear. The gummy bear. I don't back. remember the exact result, but he wasn't bad. He finished ahead of a lot of people. I bet it made him sick. All right. Let's get to the uh, let's get to the interview. Nobody wants to hear from us anymore. All right, talk All to right. You later. Back to the studio. Back to the studio. <laughs> I got I got I got to fit this in. I got to hide it. All right, so <laughs> so we can make it quick. I apologize. I thought it was ten easy. Oh no, Paul! Don't no, don't make it quick. Well, I'm not gonna. I'm just saying, like I got today's usually our conf, uh, uh, R&D call that can run real long, you know. So. Well, I'm not gonna lie. I needed that extra time to find my limited edition Eric Saunders T-shirt. Oh, and there we go. And I had to dig deep for my Langdale cycling cap that I got in 2005 at the uh, Nature Valley Grand Prix from from you. I don't even. I don't even have one of those, man. I don't have that. I'm bummed. I lost my T-shirt. I think I told you I, I wore it at my bachelor party, nice. and I sweated the shit out of it, man. <laughs> Yeah, it That's took me a while to locate these. Uh, my wife was pretty sure we had thrown them away, but never. We can't do that. <laughs> no, you, once you you know once you have a cycling cap, you have to have that cycling cap. That's just how it is. And I will say that I always get really uh, when I was when I was teaching school, I always got really disappointed whenever I got to the bottom of my white T-shirt drawer, and then it was the Eric Saunders shirt because I couldn't wear it with a light colored shirt because it would show through. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kids would understand. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, yeah. kids on that shit these days. <laughs> so we, we we have the uh, Eric Saunders national champion on the podcast, um, and we're just we're just shooting from the hip uh, tonight. So Nasser, Mas- what were you, Madison national champion? Yeah, with Jackson Stewart in two thousand three. It was a good time. It was fun. And that that was out in uh, what Frisco, Texas. You won that? No, that was a T town, man. You can't. You know, if you're gonna win a national championship on the track, the only track to win it on is T town. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Minnesota people. I know that's not cool, but we have a lovely track know, here. 
if, if you they they support man if they, if it's not high school football Friday night it's D-Town Friday night so you know you really get and they serve beer it's it's out there and you also see all kinds of uh, road rage the grabbing of handlebars throwing people underneath the uh, wheels great you know stuff. and that's why I had to stop going out there because it was just dumb dude you know and I'm and I'm gonna say it I mean like we won that national championship because the better riders didn't want to race like we did good and all you know. It was, you know, I'm not going to say we weren't on the level or whatever because, you know, they did try to take back the lap. But basically, we got a lap, and they waited too long to try to take it back because one group of dudes didn't want anyone from the other group of dudes to win. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then the next year is a year all that shit popped off where they're, like, crashing each other and, you know, fighting and all. And you could, it, you could tell it was going to go there. You know the the two years I was out there before, but but I tell you it was, it was cool and it was cool because like when I was a junior I went out and and, and watched um uh 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 so what are people calling me man They're calling you I, I went out and watched the race and it was cool and I thought man I want to do this dude and uh and I, and I I finally did start racing Friday nights and I finally did do something cool out there with Jackson who doesn't talk who I don't talk to anymore by the way. <laughs> Which is really disappointing. I thought we could ride some races together in our cool jerseys, but that didn't really work out. So, uh, that's a bummer. Was that your only? He's doing something cool though. I think he's doing he's doing something with the federation in in Europe with like their women's program or something. And um, you know, he's 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 cool. How many national championships did you win? Was that the only one? Just the only one, man. And I was an well, asshole too. Nobody in my team liked me. I thought we were all friends and shit, but like then, like after you know the team ended, like none of them return my calls anymore or anything, you know, because I used to say asshole shit to them, and I thought it was funny. I still think this kind of shit's <laughs> funny, but like Jackson didn't want to ride, right? He didn't want to ride the track. He didn't want to ride the Madison with me. And I basically, I basically told the team manager to make him do it and the team manager made him do it like he had to do it like or else he was gonna get fired or something and he was blah 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 and i told him i said man i will drag your ass kicking and screaming to the only national championship you are ever gonna fucking win come race the race and he did what i said that to him that was fucked up that was that was not cool (laughs) but it ended up being true what team so was I was this? right <laughs> on Ophoto. Ophoto? Yeah. Oh, man. Ophoto Lombardi Sports. Dude, that was fun, man. We it was that was a time in my life, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna I can uh, I have a story I can relate to that because actually I was a bike messenger back at that time when Ophoto kinda was around. And I, we used to flip through the Vela News and stuff and kind of follow cycling, but I didn't race. I didn't have really any interest in spandex and and that whole scene you know but i read an article in vela news about a photo um i don't know if it was an interview with you or just a, like a what whatever it was but um you said something in the article that was like man being on a on a bike racing team's like being in a punk band you just get in this van with these stinky dudes and you drive around all over the country and it's just like a party all the time and i was like i can relate to that i've been in punk bands <laughs> 
And then I was like, maybe, maybe bike racing is cool. Maybe I can put some spandex on and, and here I am, you know, 10 years later, still racing bikes. So that was, that was a big inspirational thing. That article, it's interesting. But is that why you don't wash your kit? Was that the inspiration to never wash your kit? It's, it's my punk rock roots, man. Like, <laughs> okay. I thought, I, I thought quarters, it was just laziness. I got quarters for laundry machines all the time. Come on. I didn't know I it's because you, cause you were down. It's ramen noodles, laundry, you know. You know, I think it was okay. because of that article, Spencer, that you kind of turned us all onto this, the enigma of Eric Saunders. It and was. Then, and then I think Bicycling Magazine ran a little, like one of those little dumb paragraph stories that we read. I was like, oh, for a cool website, check out ericsaunders.com. And then that was just like every day we got to read the uh, – that was when websites were – when blogs weren't even blogs yet. Glorious stuff. So that's yeah. how Eric Saunders became the favorite bike racer, professional bike racer of the Minneapolis Bike Messenger Association. It was glorious. And you, know what's, you know what's funny? It's like I used to hang with the messengers in Richmond, Virginia. I was a messenger for two weeks. This <laughs> dude, Jason Williams – uh, had to step out. So I took his place, you know, for two weeks, um, with his company and it was a lot less bike riding than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> it really is. It's yeah. a lot of yeah. crossword puzzles. <laughs> <laughs> we did a lot of hanging out, you know, and it, it, we didn't do a lot of bike riding, but dude, you know, like my whole approach to it in, in the whole scheme of things, especially by the time I was racing in the U S like, it was just that thing. I was more like a like a free ride mountain bike attitude racing in the road and that definitely was not cool. You know, it definitely wasn't the way you were supposed to do it. I was definitely not professional, you know, and it definitely hurt me from having you know a better career because I was perceived as someone who wasn't serious and you know, the website definitely people weren't into, you know, and, and that was before really cycling news was just a list of results. Um, YouTube wasn't really even a thing. I mean, it was a thing, but, you know, Google hadn't bought it yet, I don't think. But it definitely wasn't what it is now. You didn't have access to the races, really, you know. And um, if you are a fan of racing, the only way you got any info was riders' websites. And, you know, John Hamlin who you know adam said less and less people every year know who i am and like even less people you know times 10 to the 100th know who john hamblin is every year but um but he he's the dude that started the whole rider website thing because he went off and we had this whole wrestling thing and he had this it was called the super fan pages and it was me and 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 mike jones and like matt Svatek and all these dudes you know, who were, who ended up being kind of good, you know, and, and we just had these stupid websites and all the dudes that got on good teams, their teams made them shut the websites down. But no team I was ever on gave a shit if I had a website, <laughs> although I did get, have to take down some stories because they mentioned other people without permission and embarrassed people. Um, and I feel bad about that. That wasn't cool. But uh, yeah, the website thing, I mean, these days it doesn't make sense to anybody who's young following the sport. Why would that be important? But, you know, back – they put in Pro Cycling Magazine, go to my website, ericsaunders.com. It's awesome. And at that time, my, my banner was like my face with like a bad MS Paint juggernaut helmet. No, no, no. I remember. It. it was <laughs> fucked up. It wasn't right. 
you know, and that, that's, that's the only way you could see anything in cycling that was remotely cool. Um, well, that's and how I don't know how much us. has changed now because <laughs> cycling certainly isn't a fun thing to go be a part of. So we do. Yes. And, it. Yeah. Thanks for selling the sport, but we do have um, a couple of things uh, uh, for you. First off, how much of, of you coming onto the Slow Ride podcast uh, today has to do with Adam Myerson saying you're no longer relevant? <laughs> no, no part, no part of it. No part of it. All right. No, Adam's Adam cool. He was just, he, he was just teasing me. I don't, so, I don't even believe he actually said that though. Uh, yeah, I don't think. Oh, so, so you didn't listen to the uh, the episode? <laughs> I did. He actually said. Less yeah, he less might people. have said that, yeah, but not, <laughs> you know, that's slightly out of context. But yeah, he might have, he might have, because then Tim said something about I was going to reclaim my relevance. Yeah, so, I'm not, yeah. I'm not yeah. known for my, uh, my accuracy, so I apologize on that. So you did mention you used to race in Europe before you came over to uh, the United States. Yeah, I did. It was like 19. Okay, like I was racing in juniors, and this was like 90, 91 on the mountain bike. Um, and I can't climb and I grew up in Richmond, Virginia and the races are in the real mountains and yeah, so I wasn't trying to do that. And then I, uh, I started racing on the road, you know, cause like Ned Overin and John Tomac and all those dudes did all their training on the road. And I just, I just liked riding my bike hard. I like the, I like the feeling of, of pedaling hard. I liked how much it hurt and how much it felt good at the same time, you know? Um, and it ended up being where like, you know, blah, 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 you go up through the categories and 98, like I was like the second ranked amateur on the NRC. I got like top 10 at everything at nationals and, you know, got like 10th at Nevada city, which if you know, that race has a big freaking hill in it and was riding really, really good. And, um, uh, Doug Knox, who was the president of, of Time USA, got me a spot on uh, the Vendée team, which is a big, you know, French amateur team, which later became, you know, Bonjour and, and Europe Car. And I went over there to race just because it was an adventure, not because I thought, like, oh, I want to ride the Tour de France. Because, again, like, I didn't care, man. I got, you know, in that year, I got offered, you know, to, to, to turn pro with a bunch of teams and, you know, I just never was career minded with cycling. You know, what, what was the next, what was the coolest thing that was going to be the most different thing I could do was, you know, kind of how I went at it. But I ended up racing over there for three years and, you know, my, I did two years in that team. And then my first, my first pro team was kind of an accident. You know, I was supposed to ride for one team in the States and it fell through, but then I ended up in a, a Swiss team, which lasted a year, but that was fun. It was, it was cool. And I actually quit. You know, after that in 2001, I was just done. But then I didn't have anything else to do when they were like live in my mom's house. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> so after that, you know, I trained, you know, I, I, I won some races in Europe and had some good, actual good results, I think, for me in, in Europe at that time, which we all know now is pretty, you know, infamous for how hard it was to get a good result. Um, you know, but then when I came back, I was like, man, this has got to be a party because I, I literally didn't want to live at my mom's house. And a team called me up and offered me some money to keep racing. And I would quit for two months and was maybe going to ride the track or something. I was like, I may as well go keep going. And I went, you know, kept going for another 
what, five years, six years after that. So mm -hmm. that kept you on the road. Um, yeah. So that's cool. So you did some of the cool, like weird Euro races that, uh, nobody's heard of, but everybody loves kind of things. Uh, like the, uh, did you win a pig at Trobo Leon? No, I didn't win a pig. That's a <laughs> dude. Uh, Adam, Adam was talking about that on, on Twitter. And that race is burly. Tri I rode Trobro Leon in 1999. Um, they, you know, our team was based not that far, and it was like a UCI. It might have been a 1.5 or, or something like that. Um, and a few amateur teams got to ride because <clears throat> our team was a, a Division One amateur team, and uh, that was burly. And I, I was going good. I just I had two flats, and in Trobro Leon, you hit the dirt. And I came back from a flat on the dirt. I was going. Nice. You know, nice. I'm not going to say I was like a Fabian Cancellara type rider, but I was a, I, that's the kind of, that's the kind of style that I had. I'm not mm -hmm. saying like I'm as good as him or ever was going to yeah, be you're, like you're that. Like a, you're like a, a I couldn't get up a hill, you know, I couldn't get up a hill, but if it was flat, I could tear it up. Okay. But, you know, two times flatting in that kind of a race wasn't so good, but that was a, you know, that was the first race in Europe where I thought, okay, I can do this. Like, I can be, I can imagine myself doing this kind of racing, you know, every week. Because yeah. that, that thing was rock and roll. That was a real bike race to me. Yeah. Nice. Was there a lot of people so, at that field, like race? Like, was it pretty magical? Um, you know, yeah. I mean, every race you go to when you're in Europe is a, is a really big deal. Like, a lot of dudes don't get to have that experience that I had, and it was just because of a personal connection um, that I had with one dude who had the ability to make something cool happen. Um, but you know, people, you know, people knew my name, you know, and I would be out training, and some old French dude and you know, blue coveralls riding his tractor in the fields is like, "Allez, les soldiers," and I'm riding by, you know, like they know who you are, you know, on a training ride. You know, they know, they know who you are right. and it, it was, it's really cool. And so even when you go to the pro races, they don't necessarily know who you are. Cause that, that year I, I got to start in a lot of UCI events. Um, but you know, it's a, it's different, dude. It's, I mean, you're riding down the middle of the damn road and, you know, just pumping like crazy and you never, you don't get that experience racing in the States. Yeah. So is the road uh, road furniture as bad as we all imagine it to be? Are you just diving out of the way at the last second? Well, I think these days it's probably a lot different, at least from the TV. But, dude, you know, park cars, you know, all the tr crazy traffic calming measures when you go through the towns. Yeah, it's, it, it's nuts. It's crazy. And, you know, what's funny is, like, I mean, I race, and even in amateur races, you do all that stuff. And for the smaller pro races, you know, you ride on the small roads. And so when, like, I hear the riders complain about a course or the road, and it's just like, that's what makes it cool in a way. You know what I mean? Like, nice. those like those dudes didn't ride amateurs and have to jump up on curbs and shit. Now, some's like that last race with, like, a freaking, uh, you know, pylon coming out of the road in the middle of the sprint. Now, that's not cool. You know, but it seems like it's not that, not like that anymore for a lot of the bigger pro races. I think cycling probably has stepped up quite a lot to where you don't have to like, you know, jump roundabouts with like 200 to go anymore. 
you know. <laughs> so you so you raced pro for quite a while, national champion on the track, and then you retired. You're still involved with the industry, but how much pro racing do you still find yourself watching nowadays? Uh, almost none. Why is that? Uh, yeah. It's kind of boring. I got to be honest with you, man. I mean, I like to watch the pictures. I like to watch. You can get a good. You can get a good ten minutes on YouTube, you know, and really get the sense of the coolest parts of the race. But you know, I don't have like three hours to go watch the tour live feed, man. Were you bored watching yeah. the the forty person U.S. Crit National Championships last uh, two hours of racing this last week weekend? I watched. I read the 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 recap on Cycling News, and then I went because it made it sound like, oh wow, maybe some it maybe it would be pretty cool. So I went and, and watched it on YouTube. The last like you know ten minutes is like, oh my god, this is killing me. It's so boring, you know. And the write up was better than the video. I just I should not have watched the video. The write up was better. It made it sound like fireworks. And then this guy went, and then that guy went. You know, but I'll be honest with you, dude. You know. And this goes back to we can talk about this too. This goes back to having a team and 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 having been involved in the NRC, you know, as a rider. Um, you know, USA Cycling's always wanted to have this big sort of top level UCI thing, and they're really proud of the fact, and deservedly so, that that we have all these like Californias and Utahs and Albertas and, and attracting all these these big guys. And there's a lot of good us teams built around the world's top races where back in my day there was you know really not one you know one team like that um but i i think you know criterion racing is kind of not as relevant as it used to be you know so it's a good opportunity i think to if you're only going to have 40 like cyclocross if you're going to only have 40 dudes in it have have a real 40 dudes in it and have small team sizes and have a tight course and just make it rip, you know, but no one cares about crit racing, you know, <laughs> at, a, at a lot of levels. So it's kind of sad. Yeah. That, uh, that course didn't seem to have the, the same flair as like a downers Grove or something like that. It was, uh, kind of apparent, you know, in the video. It was just boring. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but, Wait, was it worse than Hopkins? Probably, it was it was a four corner rectangle. It looked like was it, had it? A little, it had no. a little hill in it though. It's still boring. So what yeah. kind of uh, just the twist a little bit? So let's uh, let's talk real quick about this uh, crit thing. Come on, you you were talking at Sea Otter about how uh, you know this whole multi level dimension of uh, like pro cycling calendar, a national crit cycling cycling calendar, and about how not every team was at the crit national championships. And how that wasn't very exciting to you. That's true. There are 40, 40 guys in the race and was seven it, teams. The like, national crit champion wasn't even there. He was at Sea Otter, Daniel Holloway. Or no, he was the amateur dude. But, you know, but I think, like, guys like – so I'll go way back, dude. And I'm not going to, like, go super far back because I don't want to bore everybody. But <laughs> no, we know, do that every week. week. <laughs> but, uh, you know – yeah, at a point, you know, USA Cycling and a lot of – back in my day, th- things may have changed, but I really feel like they were super insular about a lot of things, um, and that was one problem. And another problem is they were really understaffed and not really able to fully integrate a lot of feedback. Um, and then the third problem I think that they had is they had people who were willing to shoulder a lot of burden and help, but they didn't have the feeling 
or understanding that they could coordinate a lot of people at the grassroots level and let them do the work that they were understaffed or um, undereducated about to make the scene better for the people actually in the scene. You know, um, and one of those things that, you know, we could have done a long time ago is this is the time where like the NRC was kind of weird. And then they tried to do like this PCT thing or whatever they were trying to do with all the UCI races. And, you know, they called me up as like a, you know, like a team manager and asked me some feedback. And I've been talking to some dudes in the Federation, even as a rider and, 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 and as a team manager after that. And they were like, what do you think? And I was like, I, I'll tell you what I think. I think you guys need you guys need to have a, a, a crit scene where you license top amateur teams, and they have that now. And I told them they should do that. And this is like in two thousand and eight, maybe two thousand and nine. And they're like, Oh, what else? I said, Well, you need to have like an, an NRC East, West, and Central. Because there's only 50 guys doing the NRC period, and it's expensive, and you have a whole other tier of regional teams that are strong with good riders that have no reason to participate in this. There's like a whole another level of money that's invested in the sport with no way to come up to the top. So you need to do an NRC East-West Central so that the, the small UCI teams and the regional powerhouse teams can come to one race series throughout the year and that and then you develop your top level stuff on top of it you know and they stay they, they still don't do it right i'm mean, just because i you know i don't know why i'm, I'm no longer a, a, a student of it really did, but you, they they still don't do stuff right you know did you uh, and that's why we went to usa crits ah did, did you we, 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 of, <laughs> no did one you remembers feel, usa crits oh uh, usa crits are good so I, all right I, I, do you Go feel ahead. a lot of pride in knowing that uh, basically the your team that you created out of thin air, which was Cycle Safe, and then became Time Development, and then Mountain Khaki, and now Smart Stop has the national champion? <laughs> Is there any like sense of pride in that for you? Um, yeah, I mean it was really cool, you know. And we started the team like basically I I quit, you know, I, I I'd stopped racing because I had started having kids and. You know, like my daughter was born like the week before Redlands and I was like, man, I'm done. I, I'm not going nowhere. I'm done with this, you know, I, and I'd slowly wound down. Like I, I didn't train. I, like I think my training camp that year was the first day I rode two consecutive days in a row. Like, <laughs> oh. you know, I, I stopped training. I, I stopped training style. after 2001. Like I would get excited. If there were people watching, I would put in a six hour ride, but I, I didn't train. <laughs> I was just I was just living the life, dude. That's that's all it was. But uh but yeah, so after that, you know, I, I really felt like, you know, the sport had given me so much, you know, I really felt compelled to give back to it. Um and so I, I went to Jamie Bennett and, and John Hamlin was also involved at this time. I said, Hey man, let's let's do a team. It's gonna be an under twenty three team and you know, and we got a bunch of people excited about it. And we just sort of did it just because I we were in like Cadoba Grill one day, and I said, "Dude, let's let's do it, man. Let's 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 get it done." And then I said, "You know, I brought in Pat Rains uh, that year, and it 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 went, and it was cool, and it was tough, you know. And eventually, you know, for some you know, so other reasons, I I stepped out of that too. 
and it went on without me, but we got, we had it set up in a way that was, was really good, you know? And you know, there, the other dudes, well, Jamie's dream was always really to have a really big, big team. And I was never really into it. So I wasn't the guy to take it to the smart stop level. I mean, I, I wasn't interested in that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it, it, it felt cool last year when they had such a big season because I know that Jamie really wanted to have a year like that where it was legitimate, you know, and, and they were undeniably, you know, the top team. When it, when it came to who was going to perform on the day, you, you couldn't no, you could no longer not talk about that team. And I know that was really important to Jamie and I know Pat felt really good about it. I know Adam felt great about it. Um, and so it was cool to see that. I wouldn't say that I wasn't proud for me, but I felt really – I knew what it meant to them, and it made me smile to see that they were finally successful in a way that they had dreamed of being. Does that make sense? No, totally. That makes sense. It does make sense, yeah. But I'm not proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do anything, you know, like, you know, I, I was done with it by then. You know, when I, when I was doing the team, we sucked. No, we didn't suck. We won USA crits, you know, but the cool thing, what I'm most proud of when it comes to that thing is that, you know, we had a bunch of dudes, no one had heard of and got mm-hmm. second and fourth at U23 national road race championships. That to me was what it was about. It was like taking dudes that want to do it. I mean, those dudes wanted to do it so bad. You know, it was like Jared Gruber and, you know, uh, Gut, uh, Dave Guttenplan and, you know, like Logan Loader was in the team and a bunch Solid of dudes A. were in the team that just saw, yeah, we hired Solid A later. I mean, we did, I did a good job hiring riders, I think, when it was my turn mm-hmm. to hire the riders. But it was cool to, to be with a group of guys that really wanted to do it, that had this energy to them that was really unfocused and just be like, if you want to be a bike racer, this is what it is. This is how you have to be. This is how you have to think. And it wasn't about like the training program. It was all mental. The first two years of that team was mental. It was all getting those dudes in the game, getting their minds right. And that was it. And, you know, and, and it ended up being, being really good for those guys who were who involved. You know, that's the part I'm proud of. You know, you hire a fast rider, of course he's going to win a bike race. But even SmartStop didn't come up that way because they still hired dudes no one knew what they were going to do. You know, so so even when they became big time, you know, that still was an unknown quantity in a team. They were speechless. Well, I'm just – I usually interrupt, so I'm waiting for a little guy in Spencer to ask a question or two here. Nice. I, my only question was going to ask how how is it to have an actual Madison teammate? Because my Madison teammate was always Spencer, and he'd drop out halfway through a race. So what's it like <laughs> oh, to like, do a whole Spencer, race that, and like, not see your teammate in the infield midway through the race? Dude, that cool? Spencer, what? what you have to say for yourself? That's, I'm on, that's occasion. Why am I on blast many right many now? This is <laughs> This is my crimes of 2005. Come on. Get yeah, here. probably 2006 too. It was like multiple years. You'd be I like, I'll, do, say, I'll do it. Oh, never That's mind. why he's a cyclocross rider now. Five yeah, laps in. What I was going to say in. earlier was when Eric was talking about riding the Madison, and uh, he may be the first person I've ever heard in my life, maybe the only person ever on the history of the planet to like have seen a Madison be like, yeah, I want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> that, that looks like a good time, you know. So 
It's, it's like the, the best, man. It, it is like, you know, no. y'all know it is, it is, there's a part in a, in a race where it's like crunch time. It's really hard and everything you do matters. And the Madison is like only that part of the race. That's it true. starts <laughs> and it's pretty much that part of the race for the whole race. That's yeah. why Spencer it's, dropped it's out three laps in. <laughs> I, I I actually love the Madison. I like it a lot. I, I like the dynamics of it. And I trusted little guy 100% as my Madison just, partner. Just I trusted no himself. one else on that track, though. Like, that was the problem. <laughs> Those guys were idiots, and they were crashing everywhere, and I didn't like that. No, it, the next year in, in Frisco, I, I rode the Madison. And um, I forget the dude's name, man. It was some dude. And we just kind of hooked up, and he was my partner. And he had this really cool baby blue bike. It was called an Alba Beachy. And it was like looked like a time trial bike, but it was a track bike. And the bottom bracket on that bike was mad low. And so I had this dude as my partner, and he would clip a pedal in relief. And like I'd come to throw, I'd come to throw him in, and he'd clip a pedal right in front of me. Like and slide down the track right in front of me, end up on his ass on the apron. He did that like twice. So talk about having a bad Madison partner. You weren't that bad. That's a bad Madison partner. That dude was terrible. But why couldn't even throw him? I mean, was Was that Tim? At least he was on the track, though. Spencer, you know, partly on his his ass. Yeah, yeah, he was on his track on the track on his ass for sure, dude. That dude was terrible. And he he was a not a bad rider or whatever. And um, that was the year like Brad Huff and Matthew somebody or other won. So I want to I, I I do want to ask you about an event that you talked about, but we never saw a video of. 2005. I tweeted about it earlier today. The pinnacle of your racing career, perhaps, was the Red Bull Road Rage, the downhill mountain bike race. That you had blogged all about, and it was a, what, like a time trial going down the side of the mountain, and you were all about the promotion of the event, and you were like, this Dude. is the future. <laughs> it, it was sick. That, I told those dudes at Red Bull, I said, man, I will quit doing crits. I will do a full season of bombing down a sketchy mountain for no so, money. So tell us about it. <laughs> like None of us got to ever see it. It's on Wikipedia. There's like one little link. It was like, 2005 and then it went away for five years and now it's in the alps <laughs> yeah no it was they did went down tuna canyon and they and safened it because it was not safe <laughs> and like to the like you would fly off a cliff like it wasn't safe and so they really did a lot and cared a lot about it and um it was the first thing you know and half the field was road riders and half the field was like you know Brian good Lopes. mountain bikers like <laughs> mark weir and and um Brian Lopes now, was on the course. Huh? Wasn't Brian Lopes out there with like – Yeah, the, uh... Lopes was out there. That's the first <laughs> time I met Lopes. I still see that dude everywhere. So it was cool. I was there. And it was cool because you got to meet a bunch of kinds of athletes that you never really get to meet you know, and talk to. And a lot of the road dudes weren't talking to the mountain bike dudes in the shuttle to go back up. <laughs> that was the other thing. Like, it was like, you going to shuttle me back? Yeah, I could just ride up. All the mountain bike dudes are like, where's the shuttle? This is bullshit. They're like looking at their watches like, how are we going to get back to the top? And I'm like, on your fucking bike? How about that? How about you turn around and ride oh, back up the hill? Imagine that. You know, um, but they were all into it. It was it was cool. It was really cool. And and it, I, don't, I think the neighbors hated it because they planned on doing it again. You know, the neighbors hated it. 
I crashed, I flatted out of that too. I didn't crash out. I flatted out. I was going to tear that up. <laughs> Dave, Dave McCook, Dave McCook, if you remember him. Oh yeah. He, um, not. he was, he was all about it, dude. Uh, they had a speed trap and he wanted, it was a thousand dollars to win the speed trap. And I went 55. I think he went 56 in the speed trap. And he was like, yo, Saunders, let me borrow your arrow helmet. I was like, why do you want to borrow my arrow helmet? Because I'm going to hit that. I'm going to go for the speed trap. It's like, I'm, I'm going to go for the speed trap. He's like, remember the time at Super Week I led you out for that win and I helped you out? I was like, all right, all right, here you go. Here's, a, here's my arrow helmet. So he wins a speed trap and wins like a grand. And then he crashed my arrow helmet. <laughs> and cracked that thing, gave him back to the, oh, I'm sorry, man. I was like, thanks, Dave. You just won $1,000, cracked my arrow. I bought this arrow helmet. Like, I had to buy this. You know what I mean? He's like, oh, I'm sorry. He just gave it back. I was like, all right, whatever. It's all good. It's all right. You should have shut the door on him. You should have put a couple extra padlocks on there. And uh, You can't the- shut the door on Dave McCook. He's one of those dudes. <laughs> you can't shut the door on Dave. Mm. He's crazy. I was just trying to get you going on a five-minute thing about closing doors and. You can ask me about stuff. it, won't you? I thought you were gonna ask questions. And you just let me. I'm carrying this whole damn thing. That's, 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 what what want. <laughs> That's better than asking uh, right. questions. What the hell? What the hell were you talking about in the movie Pro? That sh- that, that monologue went people, on for a while. I'm on confused. that man, people didn't. People either got it or they didn't get it. I you got know, it. I, I feel like I got it. <laughs> I watched it five I think, years I, ago. I, I think, <laughs> it's I been a while. But, you know, you, Jamie had come to my house, and we were just shooting the shit like this, right? And um, it was it was like in a – it was it was like a moment of levity, you know, and, and it would seem to me like a, a kind of a ridiculous way to explain, you know, what is really honestly true in bike racing – and it ended up – I even forgot that I even said that to him. And then it ended up being this whole big part in the movie, you know. And But it, it's true. It, it's like if you are in a competitive environment, you know, and I, this goes like to my job to this day in, you know, in work. Um, there's a – in the bike race, there's a series of opportunities that presents themselves to any individual rider – in a big part of the tactics of cycling, especially in a high level, um, not only is taking the, those opportunities for yourself, but it's also precluding others from having access to those opportunities. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just as simple as like if you put your team in the front to lead out the sprint, I think Cat 3s don't understand what this is about. It, it's, the advantage isn't that you look cool with your team in the front. You know, the advantage is that you can put it up to 36 miles an hour and line it out and make there a very high cost, you know, to going out into the wind to try to take your position. And then your sprinter already has a bike length on everybody else. And you're already going 40. So to pass the guy, what are you going to do? Go 42? That's not possible. The door's closed. That's a prime <laughs> example yeah. of shutting the door. If you have three guys that get it to 38 and drop you off and you're already going 40, the door's shut because that other dude probably can't go 42 or 43 behind you. You know, and that that's that's key. You know, it's a, that's a simple you know, way that that and, sort of works itself out. And uh, I'll tell you, I watched Pro and 
and the hard road actually, but probably a hundred times each, like when I was first getting into bike racing and, and I do, I do feel like I got that, that segment from you. And that was, that was good, like sage worldly advice that I was able to absorb. And I, uh, I feel like I, I got really good at closing doors on people during races and taking those opportunities away, but I was never quite good enough to take advantage of any opportunities or doors that I could open. So that was that was why my bike racing career ended around you know low cat two like well, back of the pack. We're going thirty thirty eight either. Well, I no. think the the only door Spencer ever opened in the middle of a race or closed in the middle of a race. Oh, this is the, true. Was the Portageon door at the crib <laughs> where he where he went in mid race and jumped back in the pack uh, later? So I did. That Spencer's, is some tactics for you cat threes. <laughs> that was a that was a one two three race too. So there you go. It was I popped yeah. right out. Backs out of the course, hit the porta potty, pop back in the field. Nobody the wiser. Yeah, so, that's bad. Actually, that's like worse I, than doping. Actually, it was a, it was ah. a training. <laughs> I feel like it's okay. Well, <laughs> sweet segue, Eric, because let's get to uh, something else. So, it used to be the rider websites, and now it's obviously Twitter, where um, you know the anonymous trolls can go out, come out of the woodwork, and get people going, and never have to even put their names on it. Um, what what do you think of all these flare ups on Twitter of people uh, calling others out on doping and whatnot from the you know your time period as a racer? It's you know it is what it is. I'll say this though on my website I had a thing where I was doing HTML and then I had uh, I used Blogger for the most popular. And my, you know the website was doing one hundred twenty five thousand uniques. We were over a million hits. It was a serious website. That's a marketable website. You know. I could be, you know, if I was a webmaster type dude, you know, that's, that's good. That's a good business, you know, to start off on, you know? Um, and, and at that time, you know, I did blogger platform and I allowed anonymous posting and people said, dude, don't allow anonymous, you know, make people sign, sign their name to something, make people show you who they are. I was like, man, fuck that. I, you know, I'm about talking shit on the internet and that's why that website started. Because John Hamlin would talk shit on the internet, you know, and, and it comes out of that kind of RBR kind of thing. You know, people know what, you know, Usenet is from back in the days, you know. And so I'm, I'm totally cool with, you know, I don't do anonymous. Fuck, man. What, what, who, who's going to take anything away from me, really? Like, you know, what, what do I, what does it matter if people know if I said something stupid? You know, so I don't get it. I won't do it myself. I don't have a problem with anonymous posting and people talking shit if you can't handle it don't go on twitter you know block people on twitter that doesn't make any damn sense <laughs> you know so say there we go close the door and don't block people on twitter don't get on twitter if you can't handle yeah. it so block them in the that, that's how i feel but you know the thing is it's like in my day you know when i was doing the i'll say you know i say a lot of stuff about you know, doping all the time just to pe- random people on the street to ask me about it. You know, like back in those days, you know, we everyone knew dudes were doing stuff. And I will say the rumors are almost always true. For This is from my time period. I think there's a change in that, especially because Twitter is so big, because there's so much anonymous shit. And I'll tell you, I'll get into another thing that really changes that for this time period. But in my day, the rumors were almost always true. And I had this website and I said some stuff. I didn't really discuss doping that much because I didn't know who was doing what. We all knew 
dudes were doing stuff, and we accepted it. Because if I was that mad about doping, I would have quit. But I didn't race bikes to be a superstar. I did it for me. You know, I did it for the way that it made me feel. And I liked it, and I kept doing it for that reason. So I didn't need to win a million races. I didn't care. I mean, I won one race a year, maybe. You know, um, I didn't win very often. I didn't even get second very. I didn't even try to win very often. You know, so we didn't really discuss it, but we knew it was going on. And and I can say that there's not anything that's come out in the last five years that I didn't already know about when I was a writer because. <laughs> Back then, the rumors were true. These days, there's a bunch of dudes that are just disgruntled and bitter and angry, and people will just jump on shit and make it into like, you know, everything's wrong with the world, like angry bees over this stuff. I'm just like, I don't, I don't understand it. You know, I, I don't understand it. So I think a lot of stuff on Twitter is unfair. I think people jump to conclusions and everybody wants to dirt on somebody and everybody wants to out somebody. Like, what, what the fuck does it matter? I mean, honestly, there's stuff that does matter people don't get excited about. You know, you ain't improving a human condition. <laughs> so what? Somebody took some drugs. So what? It's cheating. It's wrong, you know. But to make a whole big Twitter thing about it, like, you know, I don't get it. I just, I don't understand it. So how do you feel about Navigators? Oh, I almost rode for Navigators, that. man. That was my dream team. I wanted to ride for Navigators so bad. I knew, and I knew they were called the Nandrigators. I didn't care. <laughs> I like their uniforms. They were fucking badass. I love those dudes. The year that I rode for the, – the year after Maguire, I was in pretty advanced – no, the year after Ophoto that I rode for Maguire, I was feeling like I was – it was like me or Bernard Van Alden that was going to go to Navigators. And at that time, like there was – I had some super haters on my website. And I'm, I'm confident. I don't need – you know, the whole thing about haters and shit, that's bullshit too. I could go off on that. Like I love haters t-shirts and – bullshit and you know haters this and haters that like just do your business who cares you know so that's how i was but then people were, would just hate so hard on my website and i don't i don't care it doesn't bother me in the least but part of me a little part of me was like you know and that ha i didn't train right so i'm gonna race myself in this shape i'm gonna get on a like a division two team maybe i might train if i got on navigators i'm gonna train if I get on Navigators, I'm going to show people <laughs> what it looks like when I actually train to race my bike. That but then I didn't get on Navigators. So, uh, that yeah. that kit with that Colnago bike, I loved it. And if I ever get rich enough to have a boat, totally get Navigators insurance. I don't care. Oh, to yeah. You, they'll probably insure a dinghy just to, just to be a part of it. Just, you're in Florida. You got water near you. But, dude, I, I tell you what. like it was. A, I like the team. It was a cool team. They were, they were all on drugs. But, you know, I, I could have existed in that environment. And I'm going to say something. You know, I'll tell you this too, man. And it, when I had the team, you know, I gave them the drug talk, you know. But it, my thing wasn't stay off drugs, don't do drugs because it's cheating, you know. And I told the kids that. I said, look, at some point in your life, if you stay in the sport long enough, you're going to have to make a choice of whether or not you're going to do this, Okay. Um, and I'm not going to tell you what to decide. That's your decision. You know, 
is your decision that you're going to have to make. And the only advice I could give those dudes, and this is the only advice I ever really gave anybody when it came to this kind of stuff, is just you don't want to live a life where you've got something to hide. You know, don't set yourself up where you've got a major secret. You know, so if you're chasing fame and you want to be a superstar and you take drugs, you cannot have that be known because look what happens. You know what I mean? And so I feel sorry for these dudes because they fucked up. I mean, they did a bad thing. Um, but the reason that I didn't take drugs wasn't because I was morally against it or anything. It was just, I just, I didn't want to have that to hide. You know, like it was for me, it was about rocking out, you know? And, um, I didn't care enough to, to, to really go there early in my career, you know? And, you know, I did a lot in Europe clean and I think I was on the level legitimately. When I went back, came back to the States, you know, that's the time where I needed to decide, okay, was this going to be a career I did for money or was this going to be a thing that I did to kill the time because it was fun and I didn't have shit else I could do, you know? Um, and I look, I seriously looked at, you know, if I was going to make this go, I knew, and I'd been away for three years. So the level had gone up quite a lot. And, and, you know, I knew that there was a lot of drug use, you know, domestically because back then, you know, people were and, and through the website, people told me stuff. I knew all kinds of shit. People would tell me stuff, you know, just cause they had no one else to tell. I, people told me all kinds of shit. So, you know, I actually looked at it. What would it take? You know, what kind of drugs would I have to do? You know, like, and I just decided for all that, man, I'm not interested, man. You got, fucking EPO, I got to have a doctor. I'm going to die in my sleep. Fucking <laughs> shit from Mexico. You don't even know if it's EPO in the vial. It's just craziness. And I thought, man, that's stupid. You know, and that's why, and I didn't do it because I didn't want to have shit to hide. You know, like I live with my girlfriend who's my wife now, you know, and we got two kids and stuff and she doesn't want to be a part of that shit. So I got to like hide that shit from my girlfriend, got to hide that shit from all my friends, got to hide that shit from all the people close to me, got to hide that shit from my teammates, got to hide that shit from the team. It's just too much. I want to race bikes. I don't want to fucking have a million secrets. You know, and so that's the reason I didn't do drugs. It's mostly because I just didn't want to have all that to hide, man. It just gets you down. That's not cool. So well put. <laughs> Thank you. So um, one of the first times we met, obviously, we gave you uh, um, this is the highlight of the three of our uh, collective uh, friendship was when Eric Saunders came to the Nature Valley Grand Prix Beat. for the first time ever. And uh, oh, it was the peak. And <clears throat> I remember first, the first stage was a riverfront time trial, and we didn't even tell you that we were going to be there. And we equally, uh, we spread ourselves out equidistant on the out and back five mile course. <clears throat> and we had our walkie talkies, so we knew you were coming. <laughs> and it was like, oh, Saunders started. And then we'd ride next to you for 100 meters and be like, go, Eric Saunders. And then I remember, I think I was the first one, or maybe it was Spencer. And you had the craziest look on your face looking over while you're in full tuck going, what the hell is going on? And then, we're, yeah. and then it continued. So, yeah. We had to have like – I don't even years. remember that. I don't remember that. Oh, well, thanks. It's Man. no longer the peak. <laughs> we we but, had a night mission the night before. We uh, went down to the time trial course and spray painted your name on the ground. 
Like we were on some oh. vandalism. Like, <laughs> I don't remember that, man. I, and I feel sorry. I don't remember that. And then uh, that's the downtown Minneapolis, the downtown Minneapolis crit the night before that. We were downtown. We were spray painting your stencil all across the start finish line. So when that you I remember. So you got all people look down. Um, and that was good. And we gave you the t-shirt. But that night, the YouTube clip of the crash, I mean, that was – McGuire had a, a rider off the front. And uh, he crashed on, what, one lap to go? And yeah, that was Matt Dubberly. He lives here in Santa Barbara too now. A bunch of uh, two two other dudes from that team are here in town. We all kind of ended up in Santa Barbara. It's kind of funny, but uh, yeah, that was. I mean, I'll be honest, man. And that you know, talking about the doping thing, I said this I think on Facebook. Like years later, you know, knowing like that you guys got so excited <laughs> about you know racing around, you know. I don't have a, you know, it didn't blow my head up or anything. And I don't really feel like that today. I'm not going to say y'all like love me so much or anything, but it was just really cool to, 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 to be like a part of people getting really excited and doing something fun. Cause it wasn't just about like following this dude around or whatever, but you guys obviously had fun with it. It was like you said, it, you were on some vandalism. You can tell us how you ended up in a cop car. I mean, uh, that was yeah, really cool, and okay. and sorry, and at the start of that race, there's all like the super serious dudes, you know, they're all like aggro, and there's fucking Eric Saunders painted on the goddamn road <laughs> in the crit course. I'm just looking around like, awesome. y'all are doing it wrong. <laughs> like, you guys need to represent some shit that's fun, you know, and then maybe you will have t-shirts and your, not your name, your fucking face <laughs> on the road. So wake up! None of those navigators guys had T-shirts. No. And none of those navigators had nothing. They had needles. Nobody even knows their names. I don't know anything. <laughs> who was on? Who was even on? All I, all I know is John Hamblin was on navigators because he's my boy. Trent Klasen was on navigators. I can respect that dude. He was cool. He is like a, you know, he was nice. So you know, some of those dudes were cool. I'll I'll say. But then some dudes were just like, oh my god, like go get a personality. <laughs> They have like a, a extra personality O. Like, what could the O be for extra personality in EPO? I don't know. Some well, of those dudes I'd, needed it. I'd like to think that that just him being so excited about you being at that crit is what what inspired him to jump on the course post race and get arrested. Is that why you you jumped out on the course and got arrested? Yeah, Tim. Tim. Why would they arrest you for that? That's not Tim even good. I thought you like Minneapolis you know. cops. They'll arrest you for yeah. anything. He, he decided he wanted to do a lap, and they they didn't think that was cool, and they threw him in the back of the squad car, and it was great. <laughs> was it was a beautiful man. way to cap a wonderful night of yeah, racing. They left. Y'all should have asked me. I'd have got you out on the course. Nice. <laughs> I always went good in Nature <laughs> Valley. That was like my last little bit of going good in the summer. Good times. I I, I, I almost won a stage there. there one year. Yeah. I and then the next year, I almost won the. There was a Mankato or something like some road race with a hard hill in it. I was yeah. going good on that one too. Yeah, that, I always liked that race, but I could never make it to the end with good legs. I'd be a wreck by that that Stillwater stage. I couldn't even. I don't think I've officially finished it without getting pulled. That Stillwater race. That's that's really tough to do, and that race is no fun, even if you get there. 
<laughs> so that hill is way too hard. I did that race with as a cat in the cat two three with no racing the day before, and I threw up on the second lap. Nice. So there you go. That's a uh, you know that's, that's a couple more laps than I ever did. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're good, Tim. Um, but uh, I actually remember I was working for time at the time, and uh, and the Time Factory guys were there, and Gruber mm-hmm. got himself the most aggressive jersey somehow on uh, probably on the Mankato stage. Yeah, um, yeah, that's right. And then he came yeah. into Stillwater with it, and and I was hanging out with him at the van before the race started, and he was like, "Dude, what can I do to keep this jersey today? Like, what can I do?" And I was like, "You have to do the super rookie." <laughs> and he was like, what are you talking about? How did because he not the year know? Before, the year before in the Cat 2-3 race, Super Rookie decided he couldn't finish that race. He was only going to last two laps. So he would go as hard as possible from the gun <laughs> straight up the hill and just be the first guy like way ahead of the pack. And he did that. And it was Tim's claim to fame for that year. And so I told Jared he needed to do that too. And he did it. <laughs> he, yeah. he shot up so, the hill and the announcers were like that's the most aggressive jersey off the front already this is amazing so should and I, that, that's, he lasted about as long as tim did should i talk to eric then spencer about the damage you did to the uh, saturn station wagon in the feed zone when you were supporting um time <laughs> u23 development uh yeah yeah you should send the bill to him i guess yeah. <laughs> thanks a lot for that dude those those dudes got money <laughs> they they can do it. I don't even remember what team backed into your car, Tim. They but... success, successful living. That was a great oh, team. Oh no! There you go. I don't think they have any money. <laughs> I think they're no, gone. no, they don't. They don't. I don't know where those dudes are. So but, you know that that's a that's a fun, that's part of what was cool about that team. Like like Jared Gruber was just like he could go out and burn up eight hundred kilojoules an hour on a ride. I'm not shitting you, but he could not do anything in a bike race but yeah so getting a, a dude like that to to turn around and to be able to perform in a race in a big race like that too you know to get a jersey in it um was really the coolest thing about about having that team and of course you know for people that don't know you know jared gruber is like super big time into photography and he's like taking some of the best pictures of, of pro bike racing um Absolutely. that are out there being taken right now you know, and it, it's just cool to to have been a part, you know, of those guys, you know, discovery of who they could be really, you know, is, is how I looked at it. You know, we had them in the team house. I talked to those guys how to sext. You know, they didn't know how to sext. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. That's, that's some I tell them exactly what knowledge. to take pictures of, exactly how to do it, how to angle, what to say, you know. And it's we like, had a team house, and we would hang out there. It's like, it was like four or five guys living in this house that we had in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. That's the kind, I, of I, I, the kind of mentorship we all need. It was a it was a serious mentorship in life. <laughs> you know, yeah. I did get I did get some of those dudes laid though. I'll tell you what. There you well, go. Our, the best uh, results all season. I don't. I don't think our Eric Sander shirts ever got us laid, though. No. <laughs> no, they never got me laid either. That's... My wife thinks all this stuff is stupid. So do you? Uh, hey, what's wrong with you? One of the. Uh, I, I think I passed this story along to you. Maybe it was Interbike last year, but 
one of the uh, the funnier moments was after the year we gave you our shirts, Spencer and I went down to Super Week, and it was pouring rain at the MGA Proving Grounds race course. You remember the old uh, road course that they had where it ended mm-hmm. on the uh, racetrack? Mm-hmm. And I remember it was pouring rain, and mm-hmm. after the carnage of the race, Spencer and I are in uh, my old Saturn station wagon trying to change, um, and we're down to adjust our towels. And uh, the first thing we put on are Eric Saunders t-shirts because they're like the only dry shirts we have. And it was at that mm-hmm. moment we put them on. You opened up the sliding door of the van next to us. And you're like, hey, guys. <laughs> and we tried to play it so cool. But when we, got that, <laughs> when we got in that station wagon, we were like, oh, my God. He thinks we're stalking him. We're wearing his t-shirt, nothing else. And we parked next to him. <laughs> nah. I never thought that about you guys. I never. I always liked you guys. I always thought Spencer was cool. I never. It wasn't. Uh, you know, other dudes would be like, "Yeah, whatever." But I was. Ne- I never took it like that. I, it was just fun. You was, don't have anything I, to be embarrassed about. Oh, I was so scared. Like I was like, "Oh my god, we can't." Like we go to the next race, we can't share his name. He's gonna totally think we're stalking him now. No, I didn't, I didn't like, think that. No, I just like I said, you know, I was just—I thought I just thought it was cool. It was fun, you know, because I was like a—I was like a super fan of people, you know. Like when I was racing in Europe, there was this dude, and his name was Laszlo Bodrogi, and he was from Hungary, and he ended up riding on Mape and Credit Agricole. And I remember I beat him in a time trial once. I was so stoked, and I said, "Wow!" And I said, "They said, oh, dude, Saunders, you got third." And I go, "And who got first? Who got second? And they said, "And I said, I got third." In front of in front of Bodrogi, and I said it all loud because I was super excited. And he turns around and looks at me, and I was so fucking embarrassed, dude. I just wanted to hide, you know. So I know I know how that feels. It was like, um, and and then another time in Chrono at Chrono de Zerbier, he was he got third, and um. And I said, I just had to say, like, congratulations to the dude. I was stoked. I just, I don't know why. Like, he represented something to me that was cool, you know. And I, I didn't look up to him like I wanted to be him or anything, but I just thought it was cool. I, he, he had, a, he had some swagger to him, you know. He had a, a style to him, you know. And I just thought it was cool. And I thought it was cool when he'd get good results, you know. And I said, hey, man, like. I told him, I was like, hey, dude, you're my hero, I have to tell you. And he was just like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> you know, and it wasn't like I didn't have like a crush on him or anything. It was nothing super weird, but and it wasn't even about him. It was about something else, you know. So I get it. So I, I don't I don't I don't think I didn't ever think the T-shirt thing was weird or, <laughs> or anything like that. Yeah, because I know I know where you guys are coming from because I've been like that. I've been like that too. Hey, you know, another dude, I used to really like weird. Hank Vogels a lot. I like, I like that dude. He was cool. I, I don't think he liked me that much though. He, I think he personally rode against me in one race. Like he, he decided I was not going to win one race. I was going, I, like I, I didn't train. So like I was never going good for maybe like three weeks in a year. And I think I, I, I must've, I know I, we were like at Bose and I said some fucked up shit to him. And I think from that moment, he didn't like what I had said to him. And so he didn't like me. And so he personally rode against me in one race. And, but I still thought he was cool. I didn't care. 
I was like, that's cool. Whatever. You, you must not want me to do good today, but I, you're still fucking my hero. So is he the reason why you weren't on Navigators? <laughs> no, he, I don't know. I don't think it had. I think he was done by then. I think he was doing okay. like on Toyota United or something. No, no it, wasn't, it wasn't nothing like that. But um, but then he got like second in Ghent Webblegem, and I went up to him and said, man, dude, I'm so proud of you. Like, so I would geek out on dudes like that. It was crazy. I, I went up to him. So, I was so proud of you, man. That's a great result. <laughs> he probably you know? thought you were trolling him on the internet. Like, like No, I job, said it man. to his face. I, I know, said it I know, to but... person. I was fully sincere. I just thought it was cool. <laughs> you know? I didn't care if he was a nandrigator or not. What the fuck do I care? I thought that was a cool team. That was the coolest team ever, man. Like Darth Vader's cool. He's evil, but he's cool. The Emperor's cool. <laughs> All right. So, so what were the uh, <clears throat> couple rapid fire questions? Navigators or Toyota United? Which team did you like better to oh, race na- against? Sorry, na- Toyota United was dumb. It, I mean, it was it was cool and all, but but they had, like they had their own bikes. They had the, and especially now that I'm in the business on the supplier, so they try to sell some aluminum, you know, uh, Toyota United bikes for like you're gonna buy them like on their website for like five grand and they were like selling uniforms and they had these like girls in skin suits that like weren't even fit you know at every race it was just dumb nandrigator just got out there and just ripped your legs off that's the way you do it i mean toyota united won some races and they were for the time like you know the best team or whatever but no i wasn't too much toyota united although i did try to i did uh call them up to see if i could get on that team (laughs) <laughs> and the, the team director at that time was Harm Jansen, who did not fucking like me. And I did not like his ass either. I will tell you what. He, he knows I don't like him. I still see him. He's friendly and all. He might be cool, but I, as a rider, I didn't like that dude. He would, like, hook you, just, like, try to take you off the road. You know, that dude, he was he was awful. Mm. He's going to hear it, too. Everyone's like, oh, Saunders don't like Harm Jansen. I was glad when he retired. I thought I'd never have to look at him again. But then he kept racing. And say, so it's like, what you retire for? Well, I said, oh, look at you. <laughs> so anyway. You got any, you got any more Go rapid fire questions yeah, there, Tim? Well, or rap- oh, man, we got to have more rapid fire questions. So, Ivan Stevic or Matt DeCanio? I like both of them. I like all the dudes you're not supposed to like, right? Yvonne Stevic, you know, we all know about that dude. But he was cool. And he, you know, he he came from Eastern Europe and he looked like L.A. He lived in Charlotte, North yeah. Carolina. He was he always was nice. with those Toyota United girls. Every race I saw him at, he always had the Toyota United girls around his Dude, arms. He, was, he was baller, dude. He <laughs> yeah, was. He was. He and was he was baller. a world champion. Yeah, he was the B-World champion. B-World champion, yeah. <laughs> What the fuck is that? The B-World champion, man. Come on. He used to wear the jersey. But it was cool, though, man. Wait, it was is, cool. Is B-World champion better or worse than Masters World champion? Oh, it's it's better. No, there's nothing worse than a Masters World champion. <laughs> okay. So, but, uh, but no, but, 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 like but I like Yvonne Stevic. And I'll tell you what, Matt DeCania is my homeboy because we're for, both from Virginia. And, like, I knew him when he was a junior, you know, and Matt, with his shit, he's admittedly crazy, you know, he'll tell you all about his episodes and stuff, but he was ahead of his time on this anti-doping stuff. Yeah, he was. And people (laughs) thought he was crazy because he had a way, a crazy way of saying stuff and doing stuff, 
but he he said everything everybody racing knew and people that paid attention to it were the people that weren't racing and they thought he was crazy because they thought nobody was doing drugs you know and we found out everybody was doing drugs yeah. except for me and john hamblin well his you know? <laughs> so <laughs> you know it's one of those deals where he was ahead of his time and he had this really cool thing he was trying to do and he went at 30 he went back to france to yeah. race at 30 we were we used to read his website That's and your old. website both days were but bo- there are the only two websites worth <laughs> I'm not sure back in those days, you know, so he was cool. And, you know, he had this thing he wanted to do on stage 13 because there's stage 13 on Friday, the 13th or something. And he wanted to do this thing called dopers hell where they would have a block part of the road and they would dress up and do this whole dopers hell thing and like taunt the riders and stuff. I told he should have fucking done that, but he, he wasn't the dude to get it organized and he was ahead of his time, but that would have been the best thing you would have ever seen in the tour de France. A lot fucking better than bottle boy. I love Dave Mayer, but man, you know, everybody was geeking out on bottle boy. We should have had Matt DeCanio doing dopers hell. That would have been the best. Sounds amazing. You know, so I I like both of those dudes. I, 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 that's a tie. Downers Grove. Oh, and or, a rapid fire. I have complete answers. Yeah, yeah. Downers Grove or U.S. Pro Championship in Philly? What race did you like better? Oof. Oh, I like Philly was better. I, I like Philly better because it was long. You know, in the first year I rode it, I rode good. And that was one of my few regrets of my entire career is, you know, it was my first year back in the States from riding Europe. I could ride those kinds of races. And um, I was going good. I barely made the selection over the wall. There was 12 guys in front, and I bar- I started the wall too far back. Um, and I just, I just missed that last selection. And I had three other teammates at the time, and they came to me, and they said, Do you- it was Davey, Davey O'Loughlin, uh, Tim Larkin, and um, – I forget the other dude's name, and, and I really like Colby. Uh, I forget his last name. But uh, he, they said, you know, Davey came to me and said, you know, do you want us to ride this down for you? And I said, nah, forget about it. And that, that was fucked up, you know. And, and I remember that as a big regret because I had the legs, and I got 18th on that day, um, and I could have done a much better result, you know. And – I just remember that. So, you know, so like if you're in a leadership position, you know, and your dudes ask you what you want them to do for support, you know, I like I did the wrong thing for them too. You know, like they were there to do it. And I don't know if the three of those dudes could have ridden down that gap, but it was in sight and it was close and we should have tried and we didn't try. And I just remember that, you know, always, you know what I mean? Because, you know, I'm famous I'm famous for doing dumb shit and accidentally being in a movie, you know, with writers <laughs> who are five times better than I was. You know, I didn't have any business being in that in that movie, you know. Um, but, you know, that one year at U.S. Pro Championships, I really feel like I could have done a much better result, you know, than, than what I got. It was, I'm not going to say it was going to change my career or anything, um, but who knows? You know, you get on the podium in a race like that and it does sort of change – you know, it could have flipped things into a more of a career mode, you know, for me mm-hmm. than just getting 18th. 
you know. Then you'd then you'd be a road racer and you couldn't enduro. Oh well, yeah, enduro is is, is my new shit. <laughs> yeah, it is. See, You're gonna have to tell us what it is because we don't fucking know what it is. Yeah, what is enduro? You've done it. <laughs> well, we just read about it. Enduro is a mountain bike event that every one of you guys should pay attention to because it's awesome. And you basically have, you know, a bike that can go uphill and go downhill and you're timed on the downhill section. It's like a, it's like WRC for mountain bikes. So if you like rally car racing, you know, Mm -hmm. you will love enduro. And it's something that's so cool because, you know, I got into mountain biking when I moved here because I like to ride my bike fast and that's really what it was about. And, uh, I didn't have time to train to ride fast on the road, but if you point a mountain bike downhill, mountain bike's go, perfect. Yeah, you know, and then you can get better by practicing and gaining the skill. Mm. You know, and then at a point, you know, your limiter isn't your skill set. You know, it, it's your you know cardiovascular ability. You know, but the top guys are super fit. You know, can can do well in pro XC races, and, and some of them do cross over and do XC. Like Jared Graves, you know, places well in Australian National Series XC racing, you know, and then goes and tears it up, you know, going riding down the mountain. So it's super fun. I mean, if, if people are into mountain bikes, um, it's a it's an awesome way to ride your bike really fucking fast, you know. I'm, uh... that, that's why I'm into it. So I, I do it now. Um, I put on, uh, help put on California Enduro Series and I put on, uh, I've been putting on Enduro races for like the past three years. Just more as the same reason that I did the Time Factory team. Just to like give something back to the riders who want to try bike racing. And, you know, the guys that, the young guys who are into Enduro right now, um, they don't have a lot of opportunities. They don't have the same opportunities to make a living in the sport that I had, even as a cat too. Um, and those guys deserve, you know, all of what I can bring to them um, just as much as the road guys did back in 2008, 2009, 2010, you know, when I had that, when I had the road team. So it's my, this is my thing. I'm into it now, but if you guys got mountain bikes, Tim, you can't do it because you're in Florida. So, (laughs) you know, Hey Spencer, dude, you can go to Highland mountain. It's not that far. You know, I know I'll be out there this summer. I'll call you up. We'll go to Highland. We'll do it. I'm gonna do it. I've been. I've been. Everybody well, keeps man, talking you're, about you're Enduro. Like it's because you're in Minneapolis, there, but I, more elevation than okay. Tim has. So I like to go fast, but I don't have any skill going downhill on a mountain bike. So this should this should be good. I can go back up the hill. Yeah, you'll you'll build a skill. Yeah, that's what was fun for me. So like my first mountain bike I got, I got like a a six inch travel kind of enduro bike, and I didn't even know what it was back then. Just Somebody says, get, the, get this bike. And, um, yeah. and I rode, uh, I heard like tunnel trails is cool trail. So I, I ride, uh, and I've got road shoes on and, and road pedals on this bike. Like, <laughs> nice. Go, go Google tunnel trail. You know, right. it, it ain't nice. It's like pretty <laughs> badass, like gnarly trail. And I end up walking down two miles of trail. <laughs> <laughs> and that was like my first mountain bike ride since I was a junior on a fully rigid mountain bike, you know, in 1991 or 92. I'm sure that you would know? be my experience, except I would walk the entire trail down. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it's cool because you can improve, you know, and it's fun to work on stuff and get better at it. And, and you know, I've really kind of dedicated myself to 
riding mountain bikes really fast. And, um, you know, I've gotten reasonably quick in a short amount of time for a 40 year old dude. So yeah. I can, I can ride it with the young kids. I can ride everything at Whistler and do all the jumps and, you know, do all that rad stuff. And I, I really enjoy it. So it's kept me on the bike. Cause I certainly wouldn't be out the group ride trying to hammer, you know, and, and do a bunch of Watts. Cause I, I don't have time for that. That sounds like you're a better mountain biker than the three of us combined then. Cause so, none of us could ride anything at Whistler probably. Only because I've practiced. I didn't, I didn't start out that way. Yeah. I still got a ways to go, but when you start getting older, you start having to, do other stuff and take care tests. of your kids. Like do, do, hours do, do dudes at the mountain bike trails, do they call you a roadie still or, or do they actually, you know, are they like, okay, you're legit? No, people, people in that world, they don't even know that I was a pro athlete. They don't even know that I race on the road. They don't even, they know me as the dude that puts on the mountain bike races. Do you complain All about, right. do you complain about not having a shuttle? <laughs> up to the top of the race now. <laughs> <laughs> That's the good thing about enduro is the dudes can ride up a hill. You know, they don't complain about <laughs> That's it. That's true. But some dudes do complain about having too much pedaling in the course. And like, that's like, that's like driving a race car. You don't want to use your right foot. What the fuck? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> too much. Pedaling. Well, well, thanks for coming on the uh, episode. This has uh, been pretty awesome. And, uh, almost, I would say, uh, it, we won't go so deep as saying a dream, but it was pretty awesome to hang out with you, <laughs> the three of us, to talk to you and not uh, be totally nervous the whole time. So, um, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on, Eric, and uh, it was a gr- great yeah. fun. No, that's cool. I'm sorry we didn't get to talk about anything really. But... <laughs> this, this is already yeah, the longest episode ever. It's awesome. This is great. <laughs> no, this is great. Yeah, we'll be fine. All right. All right. Well, thanks we're just, a lot, Eric. We're just trying to entertain people while they're at work, anyway. So they don't—they don't need much, you know. Yeah. Well, I'm still at work. It's like eight oh five. I gotta go. All right. Well, but thanks for hitting me up. Uh, thanks, Eric, and we'll yep. talk to you soon. All right. Okay. Bye, guys. All right. Thanks. Thanks. You guys on? Yeah. Yep. So let's record an intro. Yep. Yep. Just give me a second. Uh, we need to do something.